Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Red, blue, patriot, socialist, it's your right to vote. Exercise it and have a little fun. Don't browbeat and beat the hell out of your damn friends over who they voted for. we got to try to get along in this world and uh, have a little fun while we do it. I was very happy to have the moniker of being known as Pennsylvania's third senator. Come on, man. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. Um, we're looking at over 220 million Americans who just in the last several months died. Come on, man. Good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded. Over 220 million Americans. Good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded. And by the way, I got my Eagles jacket on. Come on, man. Hey, Cleveland! Come on, man. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Yeah, howdy, hi. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. Mac McGee sitting alongside Stephen Trosh today. Stephen, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing great this morning, although it's going to be a real fun ride the rest of the day as all these uh, election results come in. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long night. I seriously doubt we even get a, a yay or a nay on who wins by the end of the night with all the mail-in votes. It's going to be a mess. This Unfortunately, this probably drags out all week, and uh, the American citizen, the law-abiding American citizen, is going to be the one that uh, suffers the most. Uh, by the way, a programming note, Justin will join us at the bottom of the hour. It's a really hectic season for him. Uh, as you all know, he is the dispatcher that kind of organizes all the uh, the, uh, the uh, trucks uh, that, that go to and fro uh, for uh, Cracker Barrel. So he's uh, always, it's always hectic this time of year for him. He's going to try to join us at the bottom of the hour. But before that, we're going to get into fantasy football real quick before we do that just want to get your thoughts on last night's game did you get a chance to uh, to watch it in its entirety i wasn't planning on it and then i got sucked in and watched the entire thing what's a yeah i mean it, like i was kind of surprised and like giants uh, jumped out to an early lead uh daniel jones like every time like he started he kept making plays and every time he started like you know look like a good quarterback he pulls the Jameis winston hey i'm gonna throw it to triple coverage that's a good idea. Uh, he's still young. He's still. I, I, I still think there's a lot to like about Daniel Jones. 
And I'd say one of the problems that he has is he has really inconsistent weapons. You know, last night Evan Ingram made some plays, but we've seen it on too many occasions where he doesn't make plays. And he, you know, he, Evan Ingram single-handedly lost the freaking um, Philly game. So yeah. I, I'd say that's got a lot to do with it. But they're building something there, and uh, Giants fans just have to be a little more patient. You know, these are two, the last two games they easily could have won. And had they have won, the Giants would be sitting in first place in the, in the East. So that's that's the good news you take from it. The uh, the bad news was that terrible, terrible call at the end of the game. Look, I really didn't have much dog in the hunt. Uh, I actually took the under, so it worked out well for me because I got the under all the way to 48 and a half. And uh, so I, I, I banged that by a half a point. But... Had the Giants tied and went in and won in overtime, I would have won the survivor pool outright because it's just me and uh, some other guy, that, uh, Mr. Snuppelufficus, that we've never met before. Uh, is uh, It's just me and him left as James took the uh, in the survivor pool. James took the Rams of all teams. Uh, I, that that really surprised me when he did that. When he did that, I was like, man, I, I might have a chance to win this thing outright because the two of them took uh, you know road games. And I try not to do that in it, but it's not always easy. Uh, I had the Chiefs, and I've been waiting to use them all year. And once I saw they were playing the Jets, I was like, if you don't use them this this week, when the hell are you going to use them, right? Um, so to to that point, had it gone to overtime, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have minded it. But I also banged the under, so I won either way. But that was a terrible non-call pass interference at the end. It's one thing if they hadn't have called it, and you're like, ah, so bang, bang, okay, I get it. But to call it and then reverse it, that's terrible. That is a terrible play. Play call by the official, and they cannot defend that. There's no way they can come out and say, well, this and well, that. First of all, he never looked back, okay? So that's one mark against you. If he hit the defender, I mean, excuse me, he hit... Deion Lewis's hand, the intended receiver, moments before the ball arrived. So he was playing the receiver. I, I don't understand how the hell they could have reversed that. What say you? It was. It really was a bang-bang play. I mean, part of the reason it was such a close play is because Daniel Jones threw the ball late and made a bad throw. So Deion Lewis had yeah, but to go back to the ball. But it, irrelevant. You know, this isn't a dance class, right? You can't say, oh, well, you you know, stepped on two and you should have stepped on three. No, it's football. And it's it was it was a terrible call to not make once you already made it. Yeah. If that was your team and you had a dog in the hunt, you'd be furious right now, right? You know, it's it's easy for us to sit back and go, well, Giants fans, you know, tough it up, da 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 da. But you'd be furious right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, the fact of the matter is, if they win last night, which it, if they make that play, there's a or if they make that call, there's a very good chance that they do go on to win. Um, the Giants would be a game out of first place. See, it was just a terrible, terrible call. And I think once again, the Illuminati Twitter got out and started uh, with their, you know, well, of course they didn't call because it it's Brady. And I, I usually go, man, you're nuts. And sometimes I go, you know what? You might Dude. be on. Sometimes well, I think uh, they might be on. I mean, there was another Brady call like earlier in the game. I think it was like the drive before he threw a pass to Cameron Brate. Brate, you know, like, you know, puts his head down and barrels through the defender. The defender just sits there and takes it. And the, like 
the Giants get a, a penalty for like leading with the helmet. It was like they just like that was like one of the quintessential Brady calls. Like the defender literally just stood there and took a helmet to the chest and gets called for illegal use of the helmet. Yeah, and just in general, I thought Tampa played a pretty piss poor game, and you don't give them the benefit of the doubt when they play a game that uh, I'm not gonna say they took them for granted, but I felt like they were sleepwalking if nothing else, right? And oh yeah. You get the win, that's the important thing on the road, et cetera, et cetera. But when it's uh, given to you like that, it, it just it, it just it lacks a little something because this is a team that goes into next week against their biggest game of the year. They're going to be at home against the Saints. It's going to be a Sunday night game. Um what do you see look, going look into that game? Because I, th- I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a low-scoring slugfest. I bet you the over/under is going to be up around fifty. I don't think it's going to hit it. What say you? Where is it? Is it in New Orleans or in Tampa? No, this time it's in Tampa. Remember, week one it was in New Orleans. That's what I thought. Um, I don't necessarily think a slugfest. I guess you know all-out slugfest, but I, I, I think it could, it could hit around 50, 51 points. I think the first team to twenty-one wins that thing. That's how I because because both defenses are very very good, and other than Tampa Bay, from time to time, neither offense is particularly explosive. Tampa makes the good plays. They're they're pretty they're they're conservatively explosive. I guess is the best way for for me to say it is they don't go nuts and throw down the field a bunch of times, but they will take their chances. I I've just man just watching Drew Brees. I just think he's lost it. I think it's over for him. I'm not saying he can't win, but he's not what he was. He reminds me of Peyton Manning that final year in Denver, where yeah. he was just kind of like, like the focus of the offense wasn't him. Right. And luckily for them, they've got a dynamic running back, which Peyton didn't realistically have. They just had a very solid running game. You could argue that Kamara could be the best running back in the National Football League. He's you know he's that dynamic, and they're going to lean on him. They they hope hope to get Michael Thomas back someday, and yeah. they'll be it'll open up the offense a little more. <clears throat> but I definitely think that this is Drew Brees' last last game. Let's go ahead and take a uh, excuse me last last year. Uh, let's go and take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking fantasy football here as it is waiver wire Wednesday tomorrow. So that means it's pickup Tuesday. We'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS sports radio. You get a whole lot of something with farmers policy perks so much. I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the farmer signal app and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed limited hearing full stop making lane change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. 
that? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves, to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stop, fade a little map, dots New York to L.A. We were teenage dreaming front seat. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As uh, it is time to get into some fantasy football talk here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Hello, my friends. The time is here. It's the very best of all times of the year. It's the reason I'm cheesing and feeling so fine. It's fantasy football time. It's fantasy football time. So here we go into week number nine as we're going to be hitting the uh, the waiver wire here uh, shortly today. So you're going to have a, you're going to, this is a little busy day. You got to be paying attention to the election and you got to be paying attention to your waiver wire, which let's be honest is the most important thing in life. Uh, so especially if you've got a team that I, I, I'm not too concerned about my team. My team is where it is at this point in the year, but there are people who've had devastating injuries who have uh, guys that have just fallen off the board. And if you don't have a deep bench, which we have deep benches in, in our leagues, but even in my other leagues that are a little more shallow, I feel pretty good. So I'm not going to be wasting a whole lot on the waiver wire this, this week. I'm not looking at uh, killing my waiver wire order over what I think are a bunch of uh, stabs in the dark, essentially. There's not, in my opinion, I'll let you go first. There's not a surefire, got to have this guy. Uh, do you think that there's one out there that you're like, oh, man, I got to have this guy? So it depends on like on who's available in your league. Sure. So, I mean, like usually the bar I try to go, go for is under 50% uh, rostered. So, I mean, if we're going by that, J.K. Dobbins is only 47% owned. If J.K. Dobbins is out there, you need to go get him. He look, he's looked like the better back all season. Gus Edwards was he was on and off the field on Sunday. He got hurt. Mark Ingram's Gus Mark Edwards Ingram's finished with eighty six yards and what uh, ten to twelve carries, which is typical what 
uh, Gus Edwards is going to do, and you're going to see more of that. You're going to see you're going to see a true split until Ingram comes back, and then you're going to see a three headed monster again. So as far as like killing your fab budget, I wouldn't do it. Killing your, uh, you know, maybe you can grab him if he's possibly available, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think Ingram's going to be out of that rotation, but with no, how no, much no, they, they, well, it's a, it's about to hit cold months. In in Baltimore, they are going to have Mark Ingram on the field. He's the team leader, and so if nothing else, he's going to be down there vulturing touchdowns. He may not be getting fifteen carries a game. I get that, but he'll get eight to ten every week. You know, once he comes back. Yeah, but I mean, like like this situation reminds me of the Kansas City passing game. There's going to be so much opportunity to go around that I can support. But but is eight to ten carries for you? good enough to start a running back. And that's what you're going to average with these running backs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just depends on the situation. I, 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 would I you think dare I'm, start I'm, one of them in DFS? I'll put it that way, because I wouldn't. I think I'm more optimistic about Dobbins, Dobbins than you are. I, 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 I don't think that it's going to be a true three-headed monster once Ingram comes back. Well, this has just come from experience of watching football and knowing how teams are when, when they get closer to the playoffs. They don't give a crap about your fantasy team. And Dobbins had 15 carries, and that's great. And he'll probably have 10 to 15 carries this week again. But I'm just what I'm saying is when they get into into the okay, we'll just say for you know, for you know, the playoffs, it's set up really well for Baltimore Ravens owners, right? Mm-hmm. but at the most you're going to average is around 10 carries a game because you're going to have Ingram. You're going to have Gus Edwards, who they love. They love pounding Gus Edwards up the middle. And then, oh, let's not forget, along with Dobbins, oh, some guy by the name of Lamar Jackson that's going to be taking it to the house. So four running backs, you're not going to get 40 carries a game, and that's kind of my point. It's not that they're a terrible play. But I wouldn't drop someone of worth on my team to just just to have a, a a piece in that action. It's a little different in our leagues, especially once we expanded them because of COVID and whatnot, where it's okay to roster guys that you may not even start. I'm saying for the guy who's in the 12 team league, they usually have about a five or six team bench. J.K. Dobbs is a real iffy iffy ownership and that and i think that's why he's owned so little is because we're looking at it from our perspective by the way he's owned in 68 percent of leagues not a 46 um well the espn he's 47 46 espn's trash but uh the the but the the key to the whole thing is how deep is your league and unless you're in like a 12 to 14 team league with a shallow bench, I don't think Dobbins is a guy that you can say, hey, go out and get. If you already have him, fair enough, and you might start him in a buy. But I'm saying there's not a lockdown got to have guy is, is kind of where I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, because I would be a little shocked if Carson missed this week as well. If he doesn't. I'm not saying there aren't guys to pick up, and Dobbins would be at the top of the board. But if you'll notice any of your any, any of your waiver wire uh, articles that that are put out and whatnot, Dobbins isn't on there because it's assumed that he's owned in most leagues. I'm talking about guys that are not owned because 68 percent is pretty high. Um, no, I mean, like, there's also there's usually a big difference in uh, uh, ownership between Yahoo and ESPN too. So. 
depending on where you play, he may be like you may see different players available. Well, ESPN tends to have uh, much smaller benches because you can't navigate that. It is it is what they give you. Also, ESPN. Uh, the reason why he wouldn't be owned as much is that ESPN's default now is PPR. Their default used to be standard. Now it's full PPR. So Dobbins is not as attractive, right? Because in a full point PPR, Dobbins is that involved in the passing game. So I, I would say that has something to do with it as well. Um, but I mean, I I get your point. I don't, I don't hate Dobbins. I'm just saying he's not a he's not a guy. I I, I can tell someone, hey, he, he's the hot pickup this week because he's owned in in a lot of leagues where, where he's worth owning. If he's not owned, it's because you're about to drop him for something that you're going to have to really take a hard look at. Is it worth dropping him down down the road? Is kind of where I'm going at with that. Um, what are your three guys that you're going to pick? And then I'll give you mine, and, and then we'll try to squeeze some DFS in here. Um, I'll start off with a uh, one who's probably not going to be owned anywhere. Dobbins? Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Yes. He, uh, he yes. just got activated off of IR. George Kittle is going to be out for possibly the whole season. Yeah, they said they said this morning eight weeks with George Kittle, so he's he's done for fantasy purposes essentially, right? I mean, oh yeah, I mean he may come back. He he could eventually come back in what the championship game. It's not worth keeping him yet, right? Um, You know, but Jordan Reed, yes, I I I had him marked down because you know we don't confirm with each other who who everyone's taking. So yeah, I I like that pick a lot. Who who else you got? So another one. I'm not sure where he like where he's at on uh, Yahoo, but uh, Zach Moss is only 36% on ESPN, mm-hmm. and he's yes, it, like it's a true, it's really a true split there. The him and Singletary both had 14 carries on Sunday, but Zach Moss has looked like the better running back throughout the whole season. He does. Yeah. It's a little strange that he doesn't get more carries, but I guess maybe they just don't want to wear him down because he is a rookie. Uh, yeah, he's he's at 55% owned. Um, and what's your last one? Last one, I'm going to go uh, Damian Harris. He's only played in four games this season. I told y'all about him Sunday, man. Y'all laughed about Damian Harris. I'm telling you, if they would give him the ball, the guy would be elite. The problem is they're still convinced that Cam Newton can do something. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he's like he has been almost elite. I mean, he's played in four games. He's got 200-yard uh, rushing performances. He's got averaging five yards a carry. I know. I I picked him in our in our – in our daily starts, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, w- one of the questions last week, and, and what I said was if Buffalo was going to win this game, they had to lean on Damian Harris. I was almost right because they should have won that game if Cam Newton hadn't choked again. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Damian Harris one a lot. And uh, look at and you look at the schedule coming up. If nothing else, if you're just trying to grab him for this week, um, Damian Harris plays the Jets on Monday night. So he plays the Jets on Monday yep. night. You gotta love that. I, I've got I've got quite a few shares of uh, Damian Harris, and he is forty eight percent owned, which is surprisingly low. But I think people get noited out about the whole New England Patriot thing. As much as I'm loving on him right now, he has the ability to go out and get three carries next week because Bill Belichick decided to go RPO no huddle shotgun or some junk. Um, okay, so I'm gonna do. Uh, couple of guys that are off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, this is assuming that we've already pretty much endorsed 
Dobbins and uh, Gus Edwards, right? Uh, you know, if you're looking for a guy and he's available in your league, grabbing either one, Dobbins has a little more upside than, than Edwards, but either one, you could use it for a fill-in this coming week against the Colts, who I think they're going to pound in submission. Uh, the first one I'm going to mention, he's rostered only 20% of uh, Yahoo League, so that probably means much lower in, in ESPN. Uh, Curtis Samuel of the Carolina Panthers, he was heavily involved in their game plan last week, scored a touchdown. He uh, also rushed. Uh, Curtis Samuel is someone who you could possibly – stream this week especially because they're playing at kansas city and i figured they're they're going to be playing catch up the whole game long right and so yes you've got more there and yes you've got robbie anderson but i think kermis curtis samuel is someone that you could you could tell they're trying to get him into the game plan they're trying to find ways to get the ball in his hand kind of like the way sterling shepherd was last night for the giants uh, the other one who is obvious, but I'm not the biggest fan of this guy because I've owned him too many times, but I'm still going to go ahead and put his name out there is Marvin Jones. You'll see him have these pop-up games where he blows up and he's sitting on your bench or whatever because he hasn't done anything else prior to. Uh, yesterday, last week he had two touchdowns, but only had three receptions for 39 yards. And so people are going to go Coco Bananas wanting to grab Marvin Jones. He'll be one of the hot pickups this week. They play well, at Minnesota. So Kenny you, Galladay's out. Ken, Kenny Galladay's out. But you know what? Similar situation was earlier in the year, and I expected Marvin Jones to really go off. Kenny Galladay was out in a game earlier this year, and he had three targets, three catches for 51 yards, and didn't make the end zone. The, follow, the following game, he uh, had two targets and one reception. So you, you just – I don't think it's necessarily Marvin Jones's fault. I think it's you cannot predict what the hell Detroit's doing on offense. But he but he is a guy that is out there that a lot of people are into. Um and the other one that I think uh should be pretty pretty much a slam dunk for people to own would be Alan Lazard if you're looking for uh any kind of uh wide receiver help. He is owned in 34% of Yahoo leagues. He should be coming off the IR this coming week. Uh, they get a they get a matchup against San Francisco. who's banged up all to hell, and that should be a really good game. That is that's actually a Thursday night game. I didn't realize that was a Thursday game, so that should be a good one. Real quick on your DFS thoughts, um, what jumps out at you this week uh, looking into DFS? Um, I mean, one thing that like I noticed that there are really no true like big time pay up spots at running back. I mean, you have Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook both around eight thousand. Other than that, I mean, it's Mike Davis, Josh Jacobs, Zeke against Pittsburgh, which I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole, <laughs> considering the state of their offense. Um, I mean, I, like, like there's some pretty good games though. We got Buffalo and Seattle, so I mean, like, like there should be some uh, good pieces there. Cole Beasley is one that really sticks out to me. Let me just double check his price. If you, uh, if if Andy Dalton comes back, does that make you a little feel a little more uh, secure about Zeke, or are you just totally steering clear of him? It makes me feel it makes me feel a little bit better. But for DFS this week, I'm going to stay away. He's uh, Zeke is sixty six hundred. I would rather spend that money elsewhere. Okay. We'll get more into this on Sunday. Uh, wanted to talk about it a little more, but time time always escapes us on the show. What, what's your walk off for the day, sir? 
just whatever you do today, go out and vote. And then whatever you do after that, go inside and hide. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're in a blue city. I, they, they said this morning 36 cities are boarding up their uh, cities in general. Mm-hmm. Down to 36. That's that, that's insane. And it's funny because I forget who his name was. He was a Democratic mayor uh, for one of the cities, one of the blue cities. And he what he essentially said was it's cheaper to, to, to buy plywood than it is to buy... Uh, you know, new glass and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't it just also be just as cheap just to put the freaking armed forces out there <laughs> because they're at your disposal. You know, anything like, I don't know. I w- one thing I do hope is that if there is any kind of situation, whoever's running whatever city, whatever state, don't sit on your damn hands. There's a reason why we have a national guard, and you you know, use the national guard to keep the people safe. Is all I'm saying. All right, brother. Well, uh. Have a good one. Uh, uh, good luck on the waiver wire. We will see you Sunday morning. Have a good day, y'all. Yes, sir. We're going to be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks. Justin Waller is with us, and we are going to be talking a whole lot of stuff that, hell, may or may not piss you off. Who the hell knows? We'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks. You're very lucky that you're with somebody as resilient as Frank Reynolds. You tried to off yourself two times in the last 24 hours, Frank. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. The friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Sing along with us. ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterback. Against the blitz, touchdown Florida State. Rock Preston scores the touchdown, and now it's Bowden's decision, and he sends Mowry onto the field right away. Danny Cannell is the holder. Mowry ties it. This game is over. A 31-31 tie. A 31-31 tie. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Justin Ross, a freshman wide receiver. Big, rangy. And Trevor Lawrence knows, throw it up against that single coverage. Give him a chance to make a play on a 50-50 ball. If you're a fan of the ACC, pull up an armchair. You're home. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. If I leave here tomorrow. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com, listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're riding morning shotgun with the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here weekdays, streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Oh, you can 
We're crab people now. Crab. We're crab people now. Yes. Welcome back. The armchair quarterbacks and joining us is uh, Mr. Justin Waller. Justin, looking good in the armchair shirt. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Trying to uh, stay hidden out in my undisclosed location. So don't rat me out. <laughs> Justin's hiding in a Biden bunker with him. Uh, he's already put a lid on the day. <laughs> oh, I promise that's not my location. <laughs> you, you said you already voted, correct? Uh, last week, yes. I, I, I'm an early voter. I do it every year, or well, every election. Um, I just don't see the point in standing in line all day today. But that's just me, and I'm a busy man with children. So uh, some people love uh, well, I'm the going, line today. I've, yeah, I'm going out today. Normally, I can be talked into early voting. This year, I was just particularly interested in seeing the turnout in my particular neighborhood, and I just really want to see. You know, honestly, I kind of because. So I've been doing political calls part-time. Well, that's not going to go on today. You have, If any shifts were to pop up, I'd be in shock. But basically, they say in your shifts, you pick them up and you go from there. Well, I'm not going to be doing that today because I would think that if you call someone today, they're going to have you lost your damn mind, man? I'm in the, either just left the, the, the polling or I'm standing in line or whatever. So, uh, so that's why... I'm looking forward to going down there and just kind of shooting the bull with people. Uh, I, you know, I, I get that a lot of people don't have the time to do it. Remember one thing, y'all. If you are listening, though, your employer does have to make time for you to go, so they cannot say, "Well, you can't go vote." That is hot, that is illegal for, for for them to do that. Now they might they might get onto your ass a little bit if you work a three hour shift today and you walk <laughs> in and go, "Hey, can I go vote?" Dude, you couldn't have voted before or after, <laughs> you know, if you're going and working the lunch shift at, you know, Denny's or something, 11 to two. And you're like, Oh, oh, oh I got to get out of here so I can vote. Now that's not how it works, but they got to give you, you anticipate long lines. Yeah. Well, you know, you at, first, at first I really did. Now I don't know what to expect. I'll probably uh, tweet it out or something because if there weren't the fact that already like a hundred million people have already early voted, I expected long lines. So I think this is going to be one of the biggest turnouts ever, but with that many people early voting, I might be in for a surprise. I'm going to be very disappointed if I go up and it's dead. I don't mind standing in line for a little bit, you know, cause I, you know, you know, what the hell I mean, you're wanting to basically go out there and shoot the bull with people. But I'm, um, I'm not going to wear anything antagonistic. You know, you see the Trump shirt hanging behind me. Everyone knows where I'm voting, but I'm not going to wear anything antagonistic. I'm just going to go out there and just kind of shoot the bull. Uh, honestly, I'm going to kind of play stupid when I'm in line just to see what people's reasonings are, why, they, why they're voting one way or the other. Uh, I've I got very specific reasons why, why, I'm, why I vote the way I vote. Uh, so you mingle in line. Yeah, I don't mind mingling a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I enjoy on that. politics. I mean, I don't mind mingling if we're lined up for a concert or a sporting event. Yeah, they I'm shooting the bull with everybody around me. But it, when I stand in political lines, I'm just silent. I mean, nobody wants to hear my opinion. I probably don't well, want to hear theirs. <laughs> in my in, in my experience in the past, there's not always a whole lot of politics being talked in the line that you mingle in. 
I usually end up in some kind of conversation about it'll be a ball game. It'll be, you know, music or something. Cause usually people don't want to re- reveal who, who they, who they're talking about. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll eavesdrop if, if people start getting into some kind of, you know, debate on whether or not they're voting for this person or that person. I'm de- I definitely read the room before you know, if someone goes and says who are you voting for and they're dressed in all blue, I don't go, oh! <laughs> and I don't start, you know, banging the, banging the throne. Cause you're not changing the person's mind in line. You're not, you're just not right. But I'm curious more about the stuff that went on in 2016. Remember, remember there was bullying going on in lines and whatnot. And I'm going up there. Uh, I've uh, talked to people here that, that that run the voting thing, and they said that I can volunteer if needed because I asked them about you know making sure that everything's on the up and up. They said after you vote, if 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 you're needed, we'll, you know come uh, talk to us basically saying that if they feel like that there's any kind of a threat or presence, I can go out there and volunteer to, to, you know, not, not, you're not vote. You're not making sure people vote one way or the other. You're making sure they don't get bullied into not voting the way they want to vote. And that happened. That didn't happen much in Jacksonville, but I remember other cities and I wonder if it could be expounded. So uh, specifically, I remember uh, there were two main ones that got hit in Philadelphia and do I expect that in the suburbs of Jacksonville? No, not realistically, but you never know. And grandma going up there to vote shouldn't be bullied into voting red or blue because someone's sitting there with either a MAGA hat or an Antifa hat, right? So, you know, my you know, my point is everyone should be allowed to go vote and be left alone. So if can you wear if, can you wear political shirts or stuff in the state of Florida? You can in Tennessee. That's why I'm asking. They'll make you go to your car and turn it inside out, or take your hat off and return it to your vehicle. Uh, you can't have any slogans uh, in the line to vote in Tennessee. If that's the case, that's new to me because no. I, I've stood in many lines. Used to. I don't. I don't do it anymore. But I've stood in many lines uh, with either Republican shirt on or hell. I actually worked for a couple of campaigns when I was much younger. And I remember specifically standing in a Tennessee line voting for Andrew Moreau, uh, for, for president in 92. Um, they didn't say anything to me about it. And there was, and there's usually always someone has a hat on, right. You know, but, uh, um, maybe it's just attention this year. Maybe it is a new law, but I know it's been know. Uh, talked about a lot here locally. Uh, that you, did, did you can't, that you can't wear your own, uh, do not wear, uh, yeah, do not wear any sort of political statements or anything to the polling station. They'll ask you to take it off. Really? That, well, that's, new I thing. guess just to keep it calm and peaceful in the lines. I don't know. They're anticipating. I don't know what they're anticipating. Right. Now you got to remember that most of those directives come out of Davidson County out of Nashville. So that's true. completely different world than, than where I'm at down here. So maybe that's the temperature and the issues they're seeing up there. I don't know if something in early voting led to that or, uh, it's brand new. I just, I know it's been talked about a lot this year, and I usually early vote, so it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I've never really paid attention. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do today. It has been a message that has been driven home this week. I'll tell you what I'll do today. I'll actually pay attention to that and see if if people have any political stuff on. um, And And it could just be a local thing. I don't know. I'll I'll go up and ask them. That that doesn't sound uh, constitutionally sound. Well, I know you can't solicit or uh, campaign within so 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 far within it. I don't know. But for me to tell Justin Waller what he can wear, period, is is absurd, right? So I I just okay. Um, 
I wonder if they would consider this political if I go up there. And I, I'm, I'm not going to wear this. I never wear this out of the house. But <laughs> if I come with the, you know, the big freaking, uh, this is, uh, you know, the Statue of Liberty. It's just really gaudy is why I always wear it on the show. Um, I got it really cheap off of eBay or something one day. I was like, oh, that is ugly as hell. That has got armchair quarterback show written all over that. <laughs> uh I have a Braves one. I don't know whatever happened to it, but I've got a Braves one that's kind of like the same kind of print. It's gaudy as hell, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to lose about 20 or 30 LBs before I can squeeze back into that one, or people are just going to ask me not to wear that kind of stuff because it's offending their eyes. Isn't the it? unitard. Yeah. <laughs> you got the tard part right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you weren't on yesterday, so just want to get your your quick takes. Uh, rip the Band-Aid off about the Titans. Um, real quick, here is a quote from uh, Vrabel. He was asked about. By the way, I got to respond to what the what the what the person asking the question said, but we'll get into that in a second. But he's responding to the defense in general. Start off, uh, I did catch the game yesterday. How do you go about fixing uh, the issues that uh, keep cropping up on defense? Well, again, um, you know, when you go back and watch, it's it's not just, you know, one phase. Um, it's four phases. It, it, it's it's our ability to, to coach and, and improve that, that, that area. It's the ability to, to clean up details and continue and extend drives offensively and not stall. Uh, to make a bigger impact and, and play better on special teams. And then defensively, you know, again, it's just going to come down to third downs, you know, five third and ones, um, a third and two. So the first thing I got to say is I don't, I can't tell if that was a female or if that was a really young boy, but anyways, it was someone with not a deep voice, but the fact that the person, whoever this was, that was interviewing said, uh, first of all, uh, uh, let's say I did catch the game yesterday. Well, you're a Titans reporter. What the hell else were you doing yesterday? That's the one thing you have to do. Oh, I, I didn't get. So was this person insinuating I didn't catch the game last week or the week before? You know, they, ah, I take it or leave it. You know, you know, you know. Sometimes there's something on the Hallmark Channel. Like, what, what, what is this person talking about? I don't know who the person was. You couldn't see them in the in the interview, but I, I found that funny as hell. So I, I made sure that that part was in the clip when I. <laughs> anyways, I've been but, hanging out with my crew and just don't remember the game. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Hear the voice again, see if I remember. <laughs> the the big trade getting the defensive back uh from uh from the Chargers who essentially have uh packed the season in. Do you have I I'm pretty optimistic about that because this guy was all pro back in twenty eighteen. So it's not like he was. And he and King is also a, a, a punt returner as well, so or kickoff returner. Um he can do both, he can do either should have said um but i think the the injury to christian fulton and this team bought pass rush in the offseason tried to go out in the free agent market and get it well you didn't re-sign logan ryan and you've lost to dory jackson so far this season um he's still being evaluated as to whether he's coming back next week and then christian fulton injury being out well i mean you, you're on practice squad guys and the secondary can't hold up long enough to even help the pass rush so 
they can't get off the field on third down. I think it's crucial. They've got to fix the secondary and stop the bleeding right there. So hopefully the pass rush can get them off the field on third downs. This offense can keep the Titans in any ball game with any team out there. Um, the question is, can can the defense give them? And so far this season, that five and zero that they got to is really misleading because they had a plus nine turnover differential to get there, and that that was the difference. You were giving that offense short field and pick sixes I mean you, you had scoring opportunities in short fields that overcame the 300 yards that the defense was allowing per game so I I think you need to do some more today you've got till four o'clock uh I mean let's just face it uh oh I hate when my mind goes by Clowney hasn't turned out the way he has a Vic Beasley was where I was trying to go I mean he had three major errors on Sunday and that's the first time he's shown up on the Titans roster and they've all been in in bad situations so John Robinson just needs to cough that one up to a, to a bad trade let's move on bring in another piece and uh let's figure out how to salvage this season you still got an opportunity you're tied with the Colts top the division after the Bears this week you go Colts Ravens Colts so you've got Two matchups with the Colts in three weeks. Um, it, it's it's put up or shut up time for the AFC South. Uh, Christian Fulton uh, mentioning him. He he went on the short term IR. Is there a belief that he'll be back as soon as that's up, or is it going to be much longer? You ain't getting anything out of Vrabel. Gotcha. I don't know. Okay. I I've re I read a couple articles on it yesterday, and I could not get a straight answer out of any of it. And then, yeah. and then I listened to his his uh, speech. I still don't have a straight answer on the Deutsch action. Right. Not like Rabel calls me personally, but you know, I mean, it, it's just, that's, that's the way Rabel is. He's keeping it tight lift. That's, fun. It's almost, that's, it's almost hockey esque. It's a lower upper body injury and you figure out what it is. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the Patriot way, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he learned yeah. well. So, um, the, the other thing we'll do, uh, you know, our, our uh, top five tomorrow and everything, but college football, landscape changed a little bit and i was talking about this yesterday i want to get your take on it first of all i found it very odd that clemson announced that trevor lawrence wasn't going to play saturday afternoon and i think it's after they got the w from bc i think they figure they're playing with house money and they don't have to win that game and they don't want to they don't want to start them regardless because a that gives them an out if they lose, right? Because if Trevor Lawrence plays and they lose, everyone's going to say, well, you don't have an excuse. Now now you have a built-in excuse that if you lose and you go back to play them in the a a uh, ACC championship game in just a, about a month you know, after this game is played, uh, you'll be able to right the ship and, and, the, and they both might get in. Now, if Notre Dame loses... They are going to be looking at a very, very difficult way back in. They would have to beat Clemson in Charlotte, North Carolina with Trevor Lawrence on, was it December 12th or 19th or whatever the hell it is. Um, what say you on this? Because I think it's calculated. I don't think it has anything to do with he can't play. Because they're saying he's going to be on the sideline with like a clipboard or whatever. Well, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that part of it. Um, can you get him back in the 10 day? Isn't that the 10th day technically? No, the 10th. The no, the, uh, uh, the technically he could be back on Saturday, but I guess because they, he was not going to be able to, um, practice. Cause practice I think and do 
I, I think technically the tenth day is Friday, so he could, in theory, come back on Friday and then be ready to play on Saturday. But they don't do a whole lot. I tell you this much: if, if they clones have one loss, I guarantee you he'd be playing. I think that's right. that's what I, I mean, think too. They waited till after the BC game was played and said he's playing. I think if they lost to BC, he, he, Trevor Lawrence is playing. Uh, I, I would tend to agree on that one. Plus, the, I have said this guy's six names yesterday, and I can't remember it now how it's pronounced. So I'm just going to say the Clemson quarterback backup. DJ. Yeah. Just go first now. I think it's Udalele. <laughs> it's something like that. Ugalele, Udalele, whatever it is. Um, I'll get it down by this weekend, but you, you hear it just a few times. You're like, Uda Tunga Viola, is that his name? Uh, <laughs> um, he looked pretty good in the second half, so I'd say that's got another another, another reason. Why. And it's going to be in Notre Dame. They got their backup quarterback playing. They have all these built-in excuses, and that's why I think they're doing it. And luckily for Florida State fans, Trevor Lawrence will be ready to roll the next week coming to Tallahassee. <laughs> oh, God. God. They'll be coming off a loss and have to prove that they're top five. It's just going to be boat race. Um, but anyways, I, I just want to get your take on that. Uh, North Carolina's eliminated themselves. They lose to Florida State. It's one thing. They lose to North Carolina. I mean, to Virginia. This is becoming a pattern. What, they can't win on the road? They, they do have an interesting matchup in late November where they're going to be at home against Notre Dame, and I don't think Notre Dame can take that game lightly. But but North Carolina eliminated themselves. I heard uh, a couple of people talking yesterday and talking about the Florida-Georgia game, which we'll definitely get more into as the week goes on, but the winner of it getting the inside track to be able to get to the um, – to the – SEC championship game and possibly the playoffs. And what I kept hearing over and over without it being said was, man, no one's giving Tennessee a chance in hell of beating Florida. Like they were just assuming Florida's going to just roll on through there. And it well, hell, I don't think Florida's going to, I don't think Tennessee will have enough wins by the time to make Florida to make it worth anything in the East. I mean, I they, definitely they think it's right to season. bypass Tennessee in the East. They can wreck their season. Oh, I, I think I think they can wreck Florida's season. Absolutely, I'm pulling for it. I mean, that's the one win I've got circled this season. The, you know, as soon as the schedule came out, I said December in Rocky Top. I'll take that. Yeah. Um. I, but yeah, Tennessee for the East. That's over with. I mean, those those ambitions are long gone. Till I believe I I see a true quarterback, and well, might need to be Arch Manning for me to have that belief. Are you ready for Garantana to just get set and just see what you got in other players, or are you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm ready for Bailey. Um, I, I, I'm just I don't know how much time he needs um, to get there, but uh, I've seen we've seen Mauer and Shroud over the the past couple well, last season and sporadically this year. I just don't see it there. There's there. I don't think there's a true quarterback on this roster till you get down to the freshman. I don't think we're going to get many bowl games played, so it's almost like it's not even worth trying, just worrying about trying to get a win here and there to get bowl eligible, so to speak, because I just don't think you're going to get that many of them played. You're, you're, I mean, going, to, if, you're going to get the playoffs played. We've already had, what, eight or ten of them already canceled. Uh, no. It's going to be difficult to get all these bowl games played. I think Bailey was a five. He could have been a four, but he was one of the, the most sought-after quarterbacks out of Georgia there, and – if you know you or think you might be in the running, and I would have to say Tennessee's at least in a decision 
for an Arch Manning. You got to find out what you have in Bailey, don't you? Yeah. Because if I'm Harrison Bailey and you go all in on Arch Manning, I'm like, whoa, 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 transfer portal. <laughs> right, so exactly. Find out what in the world you got. You might not need Arch Manning. Right, exactly. Uh, Bailey, when I watch him, he definitely looks like a kid. Like, he, like just physically, he just looks like a – you know, he looks like a 17 year old kid out there playing, playing with, with men. Um, so a year in the weight room is going to help him immensely, but yeah, I'm with you because look with, with, with Tennessee schedule, once again, I don't think bowl games are a goal for most teams this year. You're playing out the string and, and that's it. Uh, normally you're, you're, you want to get to a bowl game to get those extra weeks of practice to build off the next year. But I just don't think there's going to be that many bowl games played. I thought a lot of this would be worked out by now, but if you can't pack the stands, bowl games aren't worth playing for, oh, from the recruiting's also the, the, the other huge aspect to the recruiting is it gives you that opportunity to be live in the flesh, have, have some kids, uh, you know, depends on what you've done with your visits. Um, it just gives you an opportunity to be be relevant during the dead period for all the schools that aren't bowl eligible. And if you're not recruiting in house like you were then, again, you, you have to go. Oh, do we really need a bowl? The other thing I was going to ask you is: so November first, obviously, was uh, was Sunday, and that legalized gambling in the state of Tennessee. What kind of buzz have you heard with you? I mean, I know you're interested in, in in the gambling aspect and whatnot, but what about other people surrounding you? Were were they excited about it, or, or did they even pay attention to it? I haven't really heard a lot about it. I mean, other than the guys I play fantasy sports with that are that are into that. You know, I mean, obviously it's the usual cast of characters. But uh, aside from that, I really haven't heard a lot of buzz about it. That's shocking because I thought they kind of be- went under the radar, and I don't know if it's just because you're going into the election, and that's just what's dwarfing everything else that's in the news. But yeah, to uh, for sports gambling to have started Sunday, um, it's pretty odd. So all all y'all got together on Sunday and and, and watched the game. I assumed, right? We did, and you didn't you hear. Call it <laughs> And you didn't even hear the buzz in that. Oh, I mean, two or two or three that were there with us. Yeah, that, okay. Um, had some skin in the game, but uh, no, outside of that, it's not not really been talked about. I've I've seen a few people that I'm friends with up there that have gotten excited about it. Um, it's funny they they always reference and say, "Finally, glad it's legal." Finally, I was like, "Dude, I've been gambling on online for well, years." Well, that's that was kind of my conversation on Sunday. Was I mean. Dude, I don't really nothing's changed. I mean, I don't I don't know what the big difference other than well, yeah, I, guess, I would uh, like for it to be legalized here because it, it just makes it easier. You gotta jump in one of the sites I get to. You gotta jump through hoops to get your money deposited because you gotta. Oh, it's it's a whole it's a whole. I I can do a dissertation on that one, one day, and you're just gonna be like, what? That's what you have to do. They they've got Bitcoin involved, and there's jumping at hoops. And did you get this? Did you get this memo? Did you get this message? Did you, did you get this verification code? And you're like, oh god. And so I, I dread if I have to go through that because it's 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 it doesn't take that long, but it just seems like the difference would be if it was legal here. You go to DraftKings or whatever, and you go and just deposit money, and away you go. Right. Same thing with with, with pulling the money out, but. 
I I was curious because when I saw the number, that incredible number that I saw from New Jersey from the month of September, I was curious what the excitement would be in Tennessee. But maybe it'll be maybe being a little more of a Bible Belt, it's 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 not gonna catch as as quickly as it did in uh, New Jersey, where hell everyone's ga- everyone's gambling anyways because they're going up to freaking Atlantic City. But now they can legally right. gamble on sports, which you couldn't do that in uh, Atlantic City until recently. Um, Anything else jump out jump out at you over the weekend? Minnesota's horrible. Michigan wasn't as good as we thought they were. Yeah, big two takeaways there. Yeah, back to back. Like you. Like, Sorry, Sean. We saw it in lay out in front of our eyes of the fact that man, Minnesota's not that good. And then you look over and go, man, that's why that's why Michigan got that W. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean that offensive line steamrolled the uh, the Golden Gophers, and I thought I was like, Man, Sean might have something to cheer about this season. And uh, old Captain Caggy said, "Hold my beer." And uh, <laughs> to lose to Michigan State in that fashion, they saw a stat. What Mel Tucker's first big win against Michigan that that'll solidify your contract extension. <laughs> two games in, I think I heard this stat correctly. Their their big rivals being Michigan State and Ohio State, they are one and six at home in the big house versus those teams. Not against the spread, they're one and six against them. That's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. I did not realize it was to that magnitude. Um, I th- what are they waiting on? Tom Brady to retire? They're I don't bring know. Tom up there to coach. I mean, but, what, what's, but, you, what's, but you know, if you <laughs> ask Sean, and uh, we'll, we'll ask him again tomorrow. But if you ask Sean, his comeback is always, "Well, who are you going to get that's better?" I don't, and I don't know. I don't know a name that I can. Say. You think Harbaugh is going to do it because he did it at San Francisco, he did it at Stanford, and he should be able to recruit at the University of Michigan. But something doesn't click there. They sh- they should have a couple of Big Ten titles by now. They should have been in some kind of conversation for the national championship playoff by now. And this James looks like, Franklin's been more relevant. Yeah, it looks like it's more of the same junk where you're going to go, okay, you're going to beat up on, 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 the, on the weak sisters, but, but you're going to get annihilated by Ohio State again. And you couldn't beat Michigan State, who could not form a first down in. I got, I got the fix. Let's move Michigan to the West, where all they'd have to do is beat Wisconsin. That might be what you have to do to, to, to make the Big Ten interesting again. Make uh, make the Big Ten great again. <laughs> oh, you're going to have blood bowling, Mac. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm going I'm to stop the hour. I'm, I'm going to give him a walk-off. Uh, remember to vote today, unless you do with, disagree with me, and uh, go to the bar. There's yeah. no lines there. <laughs> <laughs> and by all means... Um, if you don't know what the hell you're doing, I don't, I don't encourage everyone to vote. I, I encourage the people to vote who vote like me. No, I encourage people to vote who actually did their homework. Don't just go, Oh, I don't like that guy. Or I don't like, you know, no, come on, do your homework. I've said it forever. I can, I, and, and I've got friends on multiple different sides of the aisle. Some of them would just blow your mind. You're like, dude, I didn't even know that was a thing. How do you even, I mean, where do you line up? And uh, you're like, it's a made up party. <laughs> <laughs> CL will be some initials. I'll give you a little chuckle there. But anyway, um, I forgot where I was going with this. The whole point is if you're going to argue about it and you're going to go any other way, do your homework to what you said. 
at least be able to talk some sort of facts or something, you know, at least be an educated conversation, not just a talking point that you've heard repeatedly and been brainwashed by because of your social media account. You know, so and look, have some facts to back it up. Or look, just stay quiet. Nobody cares. And look, Biden very, very may well win. I don't know. Uh, you, I, I, I just can't trust the polls anymore. I've been behind the scenes now, and what I see is not what I see on TV. So I, I don't know what the hell to believe. You know, you're spotting dimes, you're eating onions. But um, I think you can only trust your own two eyes in, in, in the political climate we're in. What you see is temperature. My walk off for you is this. When you're watching tonight, what I'm more curious about than anything else Everyone always just gets fixated on that damn on the presidential race. The president is usually a puppet for for, for the greater scheme. How the many Senate's the bigger story? How many states, not just governorships and whatnot, but I'm talking about representatives, et cetera. How many are going to flip either to blue because they they're the, like I I can't get on board board with what the Republican Party's become because of Trump, et cetera, or flip over to red because they're like, I can't be locked down again. This is ridiculous. I'm going to be curious on that. Like, do you see California turning a little red, right? Do you see Texas turning a little blue? Because remember, there was a mass exit from people moving from California to Texas. So does that flip the script at all? And then also with all these people voting, voting from home. What I hear Miami's a big toss up down in your area. Yeah, we're going to find out, I think. Well, I guess it's not your area, but way uh, south, same no, state. That, that is not the same state. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been, <laughs> it hasn't been since a Scarface invaded in the late 70s. Uh, but I'm going to be interested in everything as far as, uh, you know, how, how, how many communities said, I'm fed up with this. You know, in other words, like a Minneapolis that goes, I cannot deal with this crap again. I'm not going to watch my city burn. Or did they sit on their damn hands and not do anything about it? Michigan will be a good one to watch, too. Michigan I mean, will be. Yeah. yeah. That one's going to be entertaining. You got a lot of uproaring in Flint and Detroit and uh, some lifelong Democrats that are that are hopping sides of the aisle. So it's uh, be interesting to watch. And if you want some good... Uh, entertainment pre-election uh our new wake up nation uh was recorded a couple of days ago one of the guys that we have on there is actually a michigander uh and his views and his thoughts on what's going on up there were pretty interesting uh jeremy came on to the show and it was pretty interesting to see how he how he thinks the state of michigan is going to go i'm not sure if i believe him i don't know if i believe a lot of this crap that i see one way or the other but, hell, we all thought Hillary was going to be president four years ago. So who the hell knows what? Maybe Kanye. Kanye West, baby. I was just about to say. Let's go. Congratulations, Kanye. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Easy's for all, baby. <laughs> all right, brother. We'll see you uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Hopefully. See you in the morning, brother. Yes, sir. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks, 
Sports Flash. Chicago Bears receiver Jason Wims has been suspended for attacking New Orleans Saints defensive back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson midway through Sunday's overtime loss, the NFL announced on Monday. Wims suspended two games without pay for violating unsportsmanlike conduct rules. Wims will appeal the suspension, but it's unlikely to get overturned. In Jacksonville, Jake Lutton is close to making his NFL debut as starting quarterback. Jaguars coach Doug Marone told reporters Monday the rookie will receive starter reps in practice ahead of Jacksonville's Week 9 meeting versus Houston. Gardner Minshew, thumb injury, will not play against the Texans. At 1-6, Jacksonville isn't likely to make the playoffs, so they're giving the rookie a shot. Ole Miss freshman tight end Demarcus Thomas had to be airlifted to the hospital after sustaining a serious injury during practice Monday that initially left him without feeling in his body. Lane Kiffin, in a statement, originally said Thomas was potentially severely injured after his initial comments in which he said Thomas was hit and hasn't moved since. Kiffin came back to say that Thomas had regained some movement and feeling in his body. Quote, I don't know what that means exactly, but it sure feels like great news compared to what it was. Florida Gators head coach Dan Mullen has been fined $25,000 and issued a reprimand for violating SEC bylaws governing sportsmanship after a brawl erupted Saturday night versus Missouri. Quote, there is no place in college football for the kind of incident that took place at halftime of the Florida-Missouri game Saturday night, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said. Following the altercation, Florida defensive lineman Zachary Carter and linebacker Antoine Powell were both ejected for the remainder of the game. According to NCAA football playing rule 9.51, ejections for fighting carry an automatic half-game suspension for the following game. Florida plays the University of Georgia in Jacksonville on Saturday. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with the Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for the Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. 
and snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Cars from all over America come to find a new home in Florida, just like you. I moved here after the draft. Football. I noticed there was one thing missing from this great town. A celebrity-endorsed used car shop. That's why I founded BJ's Used Autos. Every one of these beauties is freshly painted. They look brand new. We have new models coming in every morning, usually around 2 a.m. We can get you anything. And if you see a car of your dreams, tell us. We can acquire it for you. I've taken the skills I've learned as a pro football player to the used car business. Smash, grab, and run like hell. I'm tackling low prices with hot cars. Sister's got a boyfriend, daddy doesn't lie. Now he's sitting out back, 30-30 in his lap, in the blue bugs after life. We were Jesus, same me, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park trucks, got fatal little map, down to New York to LA. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks, as we are right here on a... Uh, Election, election day of all days, election day. Uh, hope, hope you're going out and voting, no matter how you're voting, whether it's uh, red, blue, whatever. Uh, we uh, encourage all to vote because um, this is what America is about, and we can get into a whole thing about you know vote so so certain rights don't get taken away from you, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, this is what America is all about. And for everyone that will sit there and chirp and say how terrible this country is and how it's this and how it's that. We had to hear that all summer. Well, you can't do this in a lot of places in the world. Your voice is not heard in a lot of places in the world. So if nothing else, embrace it. I look forward to it. I look forward to going and standing in the line today. So uh, there you have that. Um, let's go ahead and get into some things that are going in into look. Honestly, what a lot, a lot of things that's okay. So we obviously have the football and we're going to get back in that here in just a second, but I wanted to scam over a couple of things that are pressing because people have asked me about this and it virtually, virtually the winter meetings will take place. They're going to be setting them up. I believe it's going to be going on in the first It'll begin like the first Sunday in November, I guess, excuse me, uh, December. So with that being said, I think that uh, a lot of teams have a lot of things that are up in the air right now. What are you going to do with, with, with the rest of the, of the, okay, for instance, the Rays, the Rays and Charlie Morton there was an article written and basically said that, you know, the Rays wouldn't have reached their second world world series without Morton winning all the decisive games, but they declined the $15 million option for next season. They said they'd like to bring him back at a lower figure, but Morton has toyed with retiring before. Remember when he signed with Tampa, he had to kind of be talked into coming back. So I'm a little dumbfounded that they thought $15 million was too expensive for Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's a really good pitcher. And for people who don't pay attention to the, to the salaries, 
$15 million is below the average. Well, for instance, last year, the Braves spent, what, $18 million because that was the going rate for a one-year deal for a starting pitcher. So they spent $18 million on Cole Hamels, who's not even in the same stratosphere as Charlie Morton. So I find that odd. I don't know if someone else would be able to talk Charlie Morton into leaving. He has a very nice home in the Tampa area, and that's how he, he, he was talked into playing. Would he be willing to go somewhere else? I don't know. That's a... That's a conundrum right there because Charlie Morton, I believe, has been pretty good with his money, so he may not elect to go anywhere. He might just say, you know what, to hell with it. Maybe he decides to go down to Miami. Maybe the Marlins talk him into playing for him. Maybe he goes up to Atlanta. I have a hard time seeing him going somewhere far away. In other words, if the Angels put an offer in, I just don't know if he would go because Charlie Morton, to me, seems like he has come to the end of his career. He's more focused on his family. He wouldn't mind playing another year, and he's playing at a high level. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Charlie Morton is... He's not Tom Brady, right? He he doesn't define himself with victories and championships. So I that's going to be one of the biggest questions going forward in this hot stove offseason. Um well, are are the Yankees going to bring back DJ LeMahieu? You remember he's a he's a free agent. He's 32 years old. That's a big question. Francisco Lindor will be a free agent at the end of this year. Does he get trade? Does he get traded preseason? I don't know. I mean, Cleveland had a really good chance at making a run and going to the World Series. They stubbed their toe much too early in the playoffs. But they, but, but they were a contender, and they'll be a contender again this year. But will the Indians look at it as, we can't afford to sign him, let's get what we can get out of him? Or is it more advantageous to ride the clock out with Lindor, see what you can do in this final year, and if nothing else, you'll get the first-round draft pick that's associated with him? And we don't even know if that's going to be a thing because in 2021, the CBA is going to get adjusted. Obviously, they, they, they don't have a new collective bargaining agreement as we speak. So it runs out the end of 2021. Will those rules change? And if they were to change, if you get a feeling that they're going to change and you're not going to get the draft picks, et cetera, et cetera, for a free agent, which I think the players need to step up and say, we are tired of that. Because our guys sit around all offseason not knowing where the hell they're going to play. A lot of times they lose money because you're worried about losing a draft pick because you have all these an analytic geeks sitting up in the front offices that don't want to lose a number one pick because it's a guy that they can build for eight years as opposed to someone that they have to give out an absorbent amount of money to. So does that get changed? And if so... 
Will that mean that the Indians definitely do want to make the trade? Because they want to get something back. Because if you're if if you don't have that in place, draft pick compensation, then what is happening at that point is you're going to run the clock on a lot of these free agents, and these free agents are going to go away with nothing gained. I think there should be some draft pick compensation, but I think first round's absurd. And that's how you fix it. I think fifth round. You still get a lot of gems in the fifth round in Major League Baseball. But you don't handicap a team because they go out and they do what they should do, which is buy in a capitalistic market in Major League Baseball, and they get things taken away from them. A.J. Hinch to the Tigers. How's that going to work out? I don't think it's going to be very good. I think he's going to get a lot of backlash, and uh, it's going to be a really, really tough road for a young Tigers team that has a lot of promise on the field, but it's going to be tough to navigate that. I was I was a little surprised that it was a young team that they took A.J. Hinch to. I thought A.J. Hinch would end up on a team, maybe not even this year. I thought it would be two years from now, and you would see A.J. Hinch pop up on a on a contender. Um, the White Sox and Tony LaRusa, everyone has banged the hell out of that and said that, oh, well, now you can't be hiring old man LaRusa. He's 75 years old. He's too old and he's not woke enough and he's going to prejudge these kids and yet you're prejudging him. The whole thing drips with irony that the youngsters in the world of sports, whether it's the pundits or the writers or whatnot, anyways, the young kids, the woke, so to speak, they've become so incredibly prejudiced towards old people, older people, that it is unbelievably, it's kind of disgusting to me. Remember this, this used to be a thing people talked about 20, 25 years about ageism, right? How you can't force someone to retirement and you can't say that, you, that you're not going to uh, hire someone because they're age. And that's essentially what they've said about Tony LaRusa. Ironic when we have two presidents, presidential candidates today. <laughs> Man, Joe Biden does not leave Pennsylvania. <laughs> He does not leave Pennsylvania. That's where he is right now. It's kind of funny. Uh, he's that's all. I think he's decided that that's the only state he needs to win. That the rest are gonna are gonna fold to him, and in the one swing state he has to win is Pennsylvania. So he has been out there. He's banging it again. He's in Scranton. In the, it looks like the middle of a parking lot. I don't get that. Uh, maybe that's where they're uh, voting, but. Um, Anyways, that's what I'm looking at right now on on the news. I I, I couldn't help but laugh because he because because they keep talking about how he he keeps referring to how he's from Scranton, which he's not. But anyways, how he, you know he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania, et cetera, et cetera. He lived there seven decades ago, about sixty years ago. And still claims the hell out of it because he knows that that's a swing state and he wants to be able to to uh, 
to pick that. I wonder the one thing I wonder about this because Paul, the, the political game almost it's almost like watching a ball game, like watching the watching the all the uh, strategy and whatnot. When I was younger, I didn't really get it. I was more into let's watch, let's vote. Tell me what the election results are at the end. But but now I'm getting more into seeing the actual, you know, as I've gotten older over the last several years, getting more into the strategic part of it. And it's interesting how he is just, he's lived in Pennsylvania this entire year. Now, granted, it's really close to Delaware, and he does not have, the one thing you can say about Trump, whether you like him or hate him, he's got a hell of a lot more energy than Biden. Biden is Biden is what you expect out of a 78-year-old character. Guy who's, you know, can get up and go from time to time, but he doesn't have I it dumbfounds me when you see Trump in these rallies. The other night was it two nights ago. He was out there till twelve o'clock in the morning. Hell, I think it even later. I think they said 1 a.m. Hell, I don't know. I was asleep. Uh <laughs> but he was out there. It was like his fourth or fifth rally of the day. I'm like, man, that is a lot of energy for a guy at his age who doesn't seem like he's slowing down. He he kicked COVID in the mouth. And um, the question that I have is that if Biden becomes our new president, how, how much is he going to get done? Because he seems like a guy that has like two hours in him every day, and then you don't see him anymore. As they say, he puts a lid on the day, which that's just fancy talk to. He goes and goes and sits down and takes a six hour nap. He he sleeps a lot. So that that concerns me. Whether you like I hope Kamala has a hell of a lot of energy because she's gonna have to carry carry the freight on that one. That's gonna be a mess. Um But it doesn't really matter. He'll step down six months after he gets uh, inaugurated they'll 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 claim dementia or something and he'll step down so it's not really that relevant but it's it's interesting that he shows up and sure enough he's in scranton in a parking lot i don't know i don't know why he's not anyways it it, it looks odd he shows up in parking lots where he kind of surrounds people kind of drops in on him and then you see the other candidate and it looks like a freaking rock concert it's unbelievable I've never been to one of those. I actually want to go win, lose, or draw just to watch it. But, yeah, it's too late now. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to anyone, but they look incredible. I don't know if during COVID if I want to be in the middle of all that, but I wouldn't mind be. I wouldn't mind standing on the outskirts to, just to watch the crowd and watch the reactions because they definitely, definitely um, get incredibly excited for their candidate, if nothing else, they Trump may lose today, but one thing you can say, man, he's got a loyal fan base. I don't know what he can do with that afterwards, but he'll, if he has a television show or something in 2021, see, everyone thinks they're going to lose. He's going to go away. He'll, 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 he'll have a TV show before it's all said and done once again. And, uh, you're going to see more of them than you ever saw of them. The dude's got incredible energy. Um, Back, back to the hot stuff, and we'll do this more going down the road. But some of the other things is Ozuna going to come back to the Braves? You know, he had an incredible year. 
He was a triple crown candidate. He's going to be a main reason why Freddie Freeman is going to win the MVP. Harold Reynolds is obsessed with Mookie Betts and just swings from his genitalia on on MLB Network constantly. And they did it again yesterday where they were like, Mookie Betts, no, you look at the numbers. Freddie Freeman is the MVP and it's not even close. If he does not get voted MVP, that is a Los Angeles bias. Because remember something, these votes are sent in before the playoffs ever begin. And they do that so that when the, when, when the Dodgers win the World Series, you don't just give it to the best player on that team. This isn't the Heisman Trophy where they give it to the best player on, on the best team. This is still the MVP and we'll see who ends up winning it. But the three finalists they announced last night were Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and then Manny Machado. Manny Machado's not, wouldn't, I wouldn't vote for him on his team. I know Tatis didn't play well the last couple of weeks of the season, but Machado was the guy. I think Tatis kind of packed it in because they had already sewn up their playoffs. Remember, the, the Padres were already essentially banged into the four seed no matter what they did with about two weeks to go. So I, th- I think that's why T- Tatis kind of I, – I, I know firsthand I had him for for uh, fantasy. He didn't do anything the last couple of weeks. But I think he went through the motions. It shocked me that they put Manny Machado. Manny Machado didn't do anything for the first two to three weeks of the season. And if it wasn't for Tatis doing what he did, you would have never gotten what you got out of Machado. The Marlins, what are they going to do this offseason? Are, are they, are they going to make a splashy hire or signing? Excuse me. They picked up uh, Starling Marte's $12 million option. Marte is a good, solid player. I think. They made a big deal about this in an article yesterday, but honestly, that's a steal, Starling Marte. I could see them being a player for uh, Charlie Morton. And will Rio Multo come back to Philly? I think he does, but, man, it's going to cost him a pretty penny. And what do the Nationals do? They've had the year hangover. They're going to be ready back to rock and roll. What do they do the offseason? So there's a lot of things to, to look at. Um, I think I, Yadier Molina might be done. I, I could see Yadier playing one more year, but the way listening to Adam Wainwright, I think he might be done for the, for the uh, I think Adam Wainwright, Wainwright might be retiring. And he wasn't half bad as a broadcaster, by the way. So he, he could definitely do that and ride that while it's hot. So we'll get more into this down the road, but I just wanted to kind of skim over that because uh, there's a lot to look at going into the off season and um, it's going to be a slow off season, by the way, if you're expecting big names to start getting signed, it's just not going to happen. We've seen it in major league baseball where guys get signed, get starting signed by like yesterday. It just does not have, it, it's not going to happen this year. It's going to be molasses for a lot of reasons, but one of them is COVID. Let's go ahead and take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and look at some lines and talk some fantasy football as we're going to finish this up with uh, 
football talk as we wind out the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. Oh, yeah? Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. You're riding morning shotgun with the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here weekdays and streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Drink a beer, sing a song, make a friend. Can't we all get along? you're looking for gifts or stuff for yourself from all teams from all sports it's mvp collectibles the st augustine outlets mall mvp collectibles has all 32 nfl teams every sec every acc teams from the big 10 and 10 different major league baseball teams that's mvp collectibles it's where the armchair quarterbacks can be found just before game day to get our man cave popping no matter what team you love Southern College football fan? Are you a Seminole, Hurricane or Gator, Bulldog, Yellow Jacket, Gamecock or Tiger? Is it Roll Tide or War Eagle, Good Old Rocky Top, LSU or Old Miss, or the Mississippi State Cowbell? Whoever your team is throughout this Southern land, Dixie Football Nation is your show. We cover ACC, SEC, so find us on the Armchair Quarterbacks Network today because it's always football season throughout the South, and Dixie Football Nation has got you covered. Wildcats, Wolverines, Tigers, Buckeyes, Bruins, Bulldogs, Hogs, Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, so stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply is open 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. Tell me quick. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterbacks. Catch me drive time with Mac McGee the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. I'm 7-0 this season. You auto-drafted. That's what all the great GMs do. They delegate. You didn't do anything. Yeah, I did. I set the cue. Without fantasy football, what would friends talk about? I almost wore shorts today. Oh. It's going to do a sweatshirt-shorts combo. Hmm. Switched pants instead. Armchair. See, now to me, that button's in the worst possible spot. The second button literally makes or breaks the shirt. Look at it. It's too high. It's in no man's land. You look like you live with your mother. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As we are getting ready for... Election results will be coming in, what, 7 o'clock is when the polls close on the East Coast. So uh, get your votes out. Uh, they've got, and they're showing election folks in here. Um, I guess that's Philadelphia. Looks like they've got them set up in like a huge cafeteria type place. And then they've got them with the masks and the social distancing and whatnot. But they got them crammed in there uh, counting votes. So that should be... Um, 
Uh, the Philadelphia mayor's already making, he's making an announcement. Patients as mail-in and absentee ballot ballots are counted. So hell, if they just started this morning, then yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be like a month before we know who answers. Uh, by the way, if you want to put some skin in the game right now, I did see, so there's some people hedging their bets. Now, uh, Biden is a minus 180 to win. Uh, Trump is plus 140 on the money line. He was as high as plus 175 a few weeks ago. He was plus 150 yesterday. I've been monitoring this on the uh, sports book just because I'm like, well, you know, this is interesting. Um, looking at this weekend's football games, though, if you want to get a quick look at the, at, the, uh, at the college football games that are going to be going down, uh, one of the things that jumps out at me is, first of all, a boat ton of games on Wednesday. There are one, two, three, four, five, six games on Wednesday. Most of these are like Mac type games, but I found that very interesting. There's four, there's six games on Wednesday, Thursday. You've got, uh, Utah state, Nevada, Ugh. Wyoming at Colorado State, that, that's, that's not a terrible game. Then Friday night, it gets actually kind of interesting. There's two good games. Two games have, have, have my eye. The Hurricanes are a 10-point favorite at NC State. And BYU is a three-point favorite at Boise State. And that is a big, big game for BYU. A win at Boise State would kind of start to legitimize them. Remember, they got screwed by the offseason of all of these um, COVID shutdowns and whatnot from different universities and conferences to where they're not playing out of conference. Well, BYU's in a conference. Now, this is the kind of thing that might get BYU to finally join a conference. But BYU is not in a conference. So BYU has been playing anything they can play. Well, they finally got a good game against Boise State. So you like that. And I'm going to be watching that very intently on uh, Friday night. I wish it was a little earlier, to be honest with you, because I have to get up early and do the Saturday morning kickoff show. The game doesn't start till 9.45, so I don't like that, but I'm going to try to watch the first half and then maybe record it and watch the second half as I'm, as I'm waking up Saturday morning before we do the kickoff show. But Miami-NC State, that's a 7.30 game, so that should be a lot of fun. Looking at the games on Saturday, here's an interesting start. You, don't, you never see a game before – Noon Eastern in college football. You never see a game kickoff before noon for a million reasons. But one of the things is that's, you know, college game day, which kind of rules the roost. They don't even finish their preseason show or pregame show until noon. Neither does the, uh, the Fox one. So I find that interesting. I believe that game is going to be on the CBS sports network. So, but army air force 
Should be a fun one there. Army is a five-point favorite. A couple other games of interesting note. Uh, Duke's a ten-and-a-half-point favorite at, at, at a – sorry. North Carolina is a ten-and-a-half-point favorite at Duke. See if they can bounce back. Michigan State's getting six-and-a-half at Iowa. For people that missed that over the weekend, Iowa lost to Northwestern. And for people that don't follow Big Ten football, that's a little bit of a shocker. Michigan State is now undefeated. And I think I said Michigan State. Northwestern is now undefeated. In preseason, they were not expected to be anywhere near good. So to me, that's a very, very interesting turn of events there as uh, try to – See, I, I got my flags up here so everyone could. I got the state of Florida, state of Tennessee, and then, of course, the United States flag. Um, and if you wonder why I've got the Atlanta Braves thing in the middle there, so I'm trying to block the fact that there's a sticker on there that I can't get off. It's actually a plate. It says NASCAR, and I didn't want people to focus on NASCAR. But I have anything else, USA or anything, to put in front of there that would stay and not fall. So I just went with the with an Atlanta Brave uh it's like a cushy ball, like something you would throw throw inside the house, almost like a Nerf ball. Um, anyways, back to the rest of the story. Michigan, three-point favorite in Indiana. That should be a really good game. And don't sleep on Indiana. They've gotten two big wins to start the season. And the fact that they're a home dog... It's a little strange. They should actually be favored over Michigan. They're not because of the brand that Michigan brings. Remember, Pac-12 starts. And with that is a very strange thing. Southern Cal and Arizona State are starting the season against each other. Southern Cal's an 11-point favorite. That's not the interesting thing. What's interesting is that game is going to be at noon Eastern. That means 9 a.m. out west. I don't know why they're playing so damn early, but they are. And I do know they talked about going to earlier kickoffs in the Pac-12, but that was pre-pandemic and whatnot, and before we knew everything was going to get shut down. And I kind of lost track of that, and now it looks like that they are going to play some early games. So good for the Pac-12 to try to jump in there and play some games now. It might be a lot easier to do this in a year where fans are not allowed in the state of California to go watch a football game. Wrap your head around that. But anyways, um, so maybe some of the California home teams will be the ones that, that will be trying this, the noon kickoffs, to see if they can get people excited. I would be extremely excited if I lived out on the West Coast, woke up, and at 9 a.m. I was getting Southern Cal football. Especially if you're from out there. Maybe you went to Southern Cal. And you get to have Saturday morning breakfast with Southern Cal kicking. Then you got the rest of the day to yourself. Or maybe that's when you dive into some of the later games of interest if you're a huge college fan. you know Not all college fans absorb it all like I do. A lot of college football fans only watch their team. 
I think I think on my tombstone it'll lay it'll say here lies a guy who wasted a lot of damn time watching sports. Uh, three thirty. Maryland is at Penn State. Penn State should beat him into submission, but you, you get to see Tug of Viola's brother out there again. Minnesota is a seven-point favorite. Illinois, it's the battle of really bad football. BC is a 14-point favorite at Syracuse. You don't see that every day. And then the big game, the big game that everybody's looking forward to. Florida is getting three and a half. I'm surprised this is not a pick em. But Florida is getting three and a half against Georgia. I've seen a lot of people picking Florida for the win. And that's what I, where I was at preseason. And I'll let y'all know exactly where I stand come Saturday. But I'm wavering a little bit. My my reasons are about tenfold, and we'll get into that on, on the kickoff show. But uh, it's so weird for it to be Florida-Georgia week in Jacksonville, and it just doesn't feel like it. In years past, man, you knew it. You knew it from the jump. When you woke up Monday morning, it was hate week all over Twitter. You saw it all in Florida, Georgia hate week. And I've seen a mention here and there. By the way, at four o'clock. So this will be fun. This will be uh, cleverly disguised for FSU fans. Florida State and Pittsburgh will slide under the radar and play at the same time Florida, Georgia is playing. So maybe uh, not too many people will, will, will catch that disaster of a football game um fsu is actually a two and a half point favorite i think that really just comes down to home field which is tells you that on a neutral field they believe pittsburgh is the better team and i cannot take home field into consideration this year because it does not have the allure that it has had in years past of man it's gonna be hard to go in there in tallahassee and hear yourself think Against Pittsburgh, no, you're, it's they're socially distanced. It's like it's like playing football at a golf tournament. Other games of interest, real quick, and then we'll flip over to the National Football League before we jump into fantasy football as we end the show. Uh, Clemson, five and a half point favorite. That shocks me at Notre Dame. It's a lot of disrespect, Notre Dame. You're at home. You're undefeated. You're in the top five, and you're an underdog to a team who does not have their starting quarterback. Wow. By the way, Tennessee fans, uh, the Vols are a two-point favorite at Arkansas. Yeah, I don't think I like that one. I think Arkansas could sneak up and get Tennessee. If it was in Knoxville, I would take the Vols. But, man, that's a – I probably won't touch that one way or the other, but I don't like betting against Tennessee. I'll, I'll bet on Tennessee, but I, I, don't, I don't typically bet – against Tennessee. But if you're looking for a game, that, that one's very, very interesting. The NFL – it switches over. Uh, for some reason, we do not have a line yet for the Thursday night game, so we'll skip past that. Uh, they could be have injury concerns and whatnot. Usually, there's some kind of a line, but um, we'll we'll skip past that. We'll get into that. Maybe there'll be a line by tomorrow. Uh, Seattle versus Buffalo. The Hawks are a three point favorite at Buffalo. That's a trap game, y'all. That's a tricky game. West Coast, East Coast, Buffalo is an underdog. 
it stinks to high heaven. That Seattle defense has been terrible. Buffalo's going to be able to move the ball. And I think Buffalo's defense is going to be just good enough to stall out Russell Wilson. He'll he'll put up he'll put up numbers. The over under is fifty four and a half. I'd be all over the un, over. I haven't seen what the what the weather is. I get that later in the week, but um, if it's decent weather, the over is really really enticing, especially for Buffalo team total will only be twenty four and a half. Wow. Uh, Denver Atlanta. The Falcons are a four point favorite at home. That one is just a little too iffy for me on, on both directions. I liked what I saw out of Denver this past weekend, but they're going to be playing on the road. Atlanta's played a lot much better football. Uh, I, w- I would definitely be interested in the over. The over is only 50, and I know that Drew Locke has set the world on fire, but he just played a game against Justin Herbert that was 31-30. The final set's 61 points. I would think they're going to put up about the same amount. So... Denver's offense started looking a lot better yesterday. I mean, excuse me, Sunday. Chicago versus Tennessee. Chicago's getting seven and a half. Excuse me, five and a half. It was six and a half yesterday. So it's down to five and a half. I think the Titans are going to cover that. Last week versus Cincinnati was a hangover game. They didn't play on the well, well on the road. They were, I feel like it was almost like a college football type of thing where there was a lot of disappointment in the loss to Pittsburgh. They played flat. They come back. They get it together against Chicago, an offense that cannot get it going, an offense that I don't think even Tennessee can stop Chicago's offense. So I like Tennessee in that game, something like 27 to 17 initially as I'm looking at this. Lions are getting four and a half against Minnesota. I'm very intrigued by that. The Lions have played decent football. The Vikings have been very... Look, the Vikings we thought was a playoff contender, and they have fallen off the board. The Vikings got to get that W. But that's a lot of points in a divisional matchup. The Panthers are getting 11 points at Kansas City. CMC should be back. 52 and a half is the over. Carolina will have 10 days to have gotten ready. My initial reaction is I like the over more than I like the point spread itself. The over is 52 and a half, and I think that's a little low. I suspect, you know, I saw a stat where Mahomes has averaged 31 and a half points a game as a starter. You know how absurd that is? 31 and a half points a game. He's going to be at home against the Carolina Panthers. I like the over in that. Assuming the weather, now if the weather's kooky, this is the time of year where you have to really look at all the weather. Uh, Houston's at Jacksonville. They're a touchdown favorite. I don't know if I like that game either way. Houston should blow the doors off them. They're going up against a rookie quarterback in Lutton, but they're both coming off bye weeks. Houston's the better team. You would think Houston would get the W. So I'd be leaning to to taking the Texans. Um, Washington is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Giants. I think I like the Giants plus the three-and-a-half. In a low-scoring game, the over-under is only 41. 
It may not even reach that. Remember last time they played, it was, what, 20-19? to 19, Washington went for the two-point conversion. Uh, did not get it. That's New York's only win. Washington might get the W. But I think three and a half is a lot. Vegas is a one-point favorite at the Chargers. I think the Chargers have started to pack it in. Give me the Raiders in that one. I, I like that one a lot. Uh, Tampa Bay is a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Saints. If I was going to take it either way, I would take the points with the Saints because I believe the Bucks are going to win the game, but it's going to be low scoring. 53 is the over-under, by the way. We talked about this earlier, remember? That's too high. That is too high. Uh, and then the Patriots, only a seven-point favorite against the terrible Jets. It's a Monday night game. We'll see if the Jets, the Jets seem like that they quit every single game. But we'll see what we have on there. Looking at the waiver wire real quick before we have to leave. Uh, you know, some other names that we did not mention earlier. There's a big debate on whether you want Jordan Wilkins or Naeem Hines. Um, Wilkins, to me, seems like he, he he's the play. He, he, he was heavily, heavily involved. And I think, uh, remember he, 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 uh, excuse me, Jordan Wilkins rushed for a touchdown on Sunday. He ran the ball 20 times for 89 yards. Trying to figure out that scenario, trying to figure out that mindset in that backfield is damn near impossible. So I give up on that. But if I had to go with one or the other, I've, I got to go with Wilkins. McKissick's an interesting pickup. You got to figure that he's going to be heavily involved in this game against the Giants. Cam Akers. He rushed, what, nine times, 45 yards as uh, Henderson got banged up. So if he can't play, you're going to be looking at a true split. And I do think that Akers is, is the better running back between him and Brown. So that could be an interesting pickup. I wouldn't drop someone of worth for any of these guys, by the way. Um, DJ Dallas, once again, he's down on the totem pole, but I'm not convinced Chris Carson's going to play this week, y'all. And DJ Dallas is definitely their workhorse if Carson can't come in. Sterling Shepard, he's an interesting play. In two games, he's got 14 receptions in, on uh, 18 targets. So that, that tells you how heavily invested they are in Sterling Shepard long-term. I'm not saying go kooky and, and drop someone... You know, don't go out there and drop Mike Evans for him. But I'm saying if, if, if you need someone to Sterling Shepard against the Redskins this week ought to be a pretty decent play. We'll give you one more name that's climbing up the charts because of all the injuries to San Francisco. You got Kendrick Bourne. But the problem is, what's that offense going to look like? I mean, Garoppolo's out again six weeks. That's just terrible. I feel so bad for the 49ers and their fan base because they have a good team and they can't get any of them on the field this this year. 
It always seems like there's one team every year that just flat out can't stay healthy, and this year it's it's the uh, it's the it's the 49ers. Some of it's just bad luck. I'm sure some injuries have to do with preparation or whatnot, but sometimes it's just good old fashioned bad luck. All right, it is time to turn back time here on this election day. We hope you go out and vote and. Yeah, whatever you do, man, just don't go freaking kooky dukes on your friends and whatnot on Facebook or Twitter. Remember, we also got to live in this society tomorrow and going forward. I'm going to have me some drinks later on this afternoon. I'm going to start watching election coverage. I'm going to treat it like a holiday. I will not be very well prepared tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I'm uh, planning on uh, having enjoying my time. Look. There's a good chance that uh, Biden's going to win, and if so, fair enough. It's what you know. It's what the American people want. Fair enough. Look at the bright side. If you're a Trump supporter and they lose, you'll always be able to say, it's "Told you so." <laughs> it's just Biden's going to be a disaster. Um, that's why it's usually hard to get the incumbent out. We'll see. It's going to be very exciting. Time to turn back time. On this day, if I could find a way, in 1988, A's shortstop wins AL Rookie of the Year. All right, big deal. That was their third consecutive AL Rookie of the Year. Can you imagine that? In 1986, it was Jose Canseco. In 1987, it was Martin McGuire. We all know the steroids behind the two of them, but Walt Weiss gets it in 88. And, of course, this was just a month, well, no, a few weeks after the the, the famous Kirk Gibson home run. They just lost the World Series in 88, but everybody knew that team was going to be formidable, formidable for years to come. They would go on to win the World Series the very next fall, in the famous uh, earthquake series, and then lose to the Reds in '90. But in general, that very talented A's team, they did they underperformed. People will always try to point to the Braves not living up to their expectations in the '90s, only getting one World Series. The Oakland A's are actually more relevant to the Buffalo Bills of the 90s than the than the Atlanta Braves. If you look at their roster from late 80s into early into mid 90s, Oakland should have done more. Toronto came in and stepped on their throats. That was one thing they did. Oakland never could resign any of their players. And that's why when you have a chance to win it, you go for it. You never know if you're going to get back. Atlanta, pay attention. You got a lot of talent. You think the sky's the limit. And I'm talking to you younger Atlanta fans, you younger younger Braves fans. You you just assume you're going to be back that it's your God-given right. You don't know what next year will bring. Injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This Braves team is set up for years to come. But there has to be a sense of urgency 
every season because you never know. You could end up like the Oakland A's. Incredible talent. One World Series, and it's great that they won the World World Series, but they're not the 70s A's with Vita Blue and the boys who won three consecutive. That's what they should have been. They should have beaten the Dodgers, better team. They should have beaten the, the Reds, better team. Instead, they fell flat. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. Uh, Does that mean I guess I'll she really 68 years old? Wow, Roseanne Barr is 68 years old. Remember, she she was one of the first ones to get cancel culture because uh, she got drunk on Twitter about it. Um, they still made a bigger deal of that one than what it was. I, I thought it was unfair, what, you know, what they did to her. Did she say some things that she shouldn't have said? Sure. But uh, she she got cancel cultured essentially because she's a Trump supporter. Mr. Uh, Clay Travis made the same comment yesterday on Twitter that how left-wing media and sports is real and you get cancel cultured. And some left-wing bobo, because I went down and read his timeline, tried to try to scoff at and said it's not true. It's a hundred percent true. It's a thousand percent true. Why do you think we're an independent sports talk radio show and have never been able to, you know, crack that glass ceiling, so to speak? It's because anyone who listens to our show knows that we are not left-wing loons. And it's where it's why we get some of the support that we do, but it's also why we're always going to to bite it, so to speak, because I can't sit back and pretend like I don't know what I know and see what I see. I will never kill people for believing the way they believe, but that's not how it, it runs both ways. So, kudos to uh, Outkick and Clay Travis for pointing that out because. I know it on a smaller scale. I know it very, very well. Um, and remember, for, before he ever got his big, big national show, uh, he he did sports talk radio in Nashville, and that is a left wing city. Uh, also, Bob Welch. Speaking of those A's in the nineteen nineties, he won the AL Cy Young Award in nineteen ninety for the Oakland A's. You know, he he won the World Series in eighty one. 89 and 2001. I did not realize that Bob Welch pitched as long as he did. That's 21 years. Uh, And Bob Welch passed away in 2014. Did not know that either. Um, Dolph Lundgren, remember the the actor that played uh, Drago in uh, Rocky IV? Unbelievable. He is 63 years old today. 63 years old, Dolph Lundgren. I actually would think he'd be a little older than that, to be honest with you, but he's 63. Um, and we were talking about the Michigan football team earlier. Uh, Brady Hoke is 62. We don't have time to get into everyone, but just wanted to always try to grab a couple of people that we don't think will be mentioned on, on the ESPN's award. Oh, here's one. Here's one. This one's going to be all over ESPN today. I guarantee you, PTI, you, if there's a way you can bet on it, bet on this. Colin Kaepernick turns 33 years old today, and if you don't think they don't celebrate his birthday today, you're nuts. 
You're nuts. Oh, man. Elizabeth Smart, she's a loon, too. Uh, she's 33 as, as well. Kendall Jenner is 25. I feel like that should shock me, but I never paid attention to any of those shows. So I don't, I, I don't remember her as a kid that I'm sure people watch her grow up as a kid. But I feel like that should be something I should be shocked about, but I'm not. So everyone go out there and uh, kneel for uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick. It's his birthday. <laughs> you okay. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. haven't downloaded it yet your armchair quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today google android apple iphone that's right download it tap that app today you can take the armchair quarterbacks app anywhere free to download free to use and important to have download it today tap that armchair quarterbacks app the best in southeast sports talk listen live or catch the replay I